This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 3, Wheelstone 1. And that was a fair old game, that wasn't it? Especially for Wrexham in the second half, when we really looked extremely impressive. But Wheelstone showed why they're one point off the playoffs, to be frank. They're good quality and were by far the better signs in the first 40 minutes of the match. So a proper test for Wrexham, and a testing circumstance, of course, coming off the emotional and physical exertions of Tuesday night. Once again, as Phil Parkson quite rightly pointed out, we've come off a tough, massive cup tie against Championship opposition, faced difficult opposition in the league the next match three days later, and won, and that is outstanding. We rotated the squad, of course, shifting back to something more familiar to what we would normally have in the league. Owen O'Connell made his league debut alongside Ben Tozer and, interestingly, Tom O'Connor at the back, with James Jones continuing in the middle of midfield. And I think that may have been partly aimed at the, because Wheelston were the sort of side who liked to work the ball out from the back. In fact, our success, a lot of our success, came from the fact that with Jones in midfield, we really were able to press very effectively and cause them problems in their half. There were spells where they couldn't get themselves going. Once they did, though, in the first 40 minutes they looked good, there were also spells where we were able to win the ball in their half and cause them major problems. But Wheelstone's style of play did cause us issues. They moved the ball around extremely well. Corey Andrews up front had good pace, which allowed him to get in behind the defence. And he liked making nice little in-to-out runs behind McFadgen when McFadgen got up the pitch and then Wrexham lost possession. And <clears throat> they were posing serious questions. Alarakia had a sort of freeish role coming off the left and was causing all sorts of problems between the lines. And they did retain the ball very well. They work little triangles and little passing movements down the sides and with the progressive wing backs as well. They got bodies in Wrexham's bot, bot, uh, half rather and they, they had good spells where they really monopolised possession. Wrexham was struggling really to get their passing rhythm going and in the first 40 minutes, like I said, although Wrexham actually carved out more opportunities or more interesting moments, there wasn't much to report until Wrexham took the lead and the game completely changed. Like I said, opening stages, not much to report. After a quarter of an hour, Lee Palmer did ever so well to carry the ball forwards and whip a fabulous ball, which put Mullen one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. The linesman put his flag up and he was right. It was marginal, but correct. He was just offside. He smashed it over the bar anyway. I don't think he realised he'd been given off, so maybe it doesn't matter anyway. And there was another moment of hope from Wrexham, which the officials got right. Young pinging a superb first-hand ball into the feet of uh, Elliot Lee, who span Cook superbly in the left channel, burst past the centre-back uh, and went down. And he was looking for a penalty. Cook was touched tight, but didn't make a lunge for the ball. It was not a penalty. The referee again did extremely well. The only opportunity that Wheelston carved out in the first half came when the lively Alarakia cut in from the left, driving through the centre, and hit a shot down the middle. Having watched uh, the footage to edit the highlights, it really doesn't look like much. Howard goes down and saves it pretty comfortably. It's pretty much down the middle of the goal. I can assure you, from the other side of the pitch, it looked like a lot more. I think there must have been a lot of movement on the ball, and Howard had to re readjust himself quite sharply as the ball was in the air coming towards him and then swerved, and he did well to get behind it and make sure he held on to it too. 
But after 40 minutes, like I said, Wrexham were toiling, weren't really managing to get things going very well. But then we took the lead. Free kick given about 40 yards out in midfield. Alex Dyer, the wheels to midfielder, had to leave the pitch because he'd received treatment. And down to 10 men, O'Connor rather than knock the ball into the box, as Wilson were expecting, worked it wide to the left. Elliot Lee got it, did really well, cutting it on his right foot and sweeping the fabulous ball in. And there was Paul Mullen for a rather unorthodox finish. A free header six yards out. He met it with power. Um, Sam Howes, the keeper, who was outstanding, stuck his right arm out and managed to get a strong arm on it, but it span up and passed him. I'm pretty, well, 99% certain it was going to go in anyway. Mullin made sure, raced in, and as the ball was on the line, lashed it gleefully into the net. His 30th goal of the season. Only Tommy Bamford, Gary Bennett, and Paul Mullen have scored 30 goals for Wrexham in more than one season. So that sink in for a moment. Wow, that's remarkable company for him to be keeping. Now, Wilson went nuts about this goal, and I have no idea. Well, if, I, if I'm right in why, it's bizarre. Like I said, Dyer was off the pitch. There was no way he could be allowed back on because he was in front of the Wrexham Lager stand and as I said, O'Connor played the ball to Lee on the left flank. Wrexham were kicking towards what used to be the cop and so Dyer was within five yards of Lee when he received the ball. Obviously, there was no way the officials were letting him come back on. You can't come on when the ball's near you and affect play. Plus, of course, everybody knows that you have to wait for the official to give you the go-ahead to come on. Well, I say everybody knows. We'll get to that later. But the ref, very clearly, when you watch the footage, signals, no, you can't come on. Very clearly, it's the correct decision. If that's what they were complaining about, wow, that's quite something. They could have been claiming it was offside against Mullen. Well, he wasn't offside. It was close-ish, but not so close that you'd have to you know, slow it down and have a good look at it. The real issue for them was that Ilunga was marking him and did a dreadful job. If you watch the footage back, he, he's always allowing Mullen to be on his blind side. He's watching the ball horribly, and then Mullen just runs off the back of him. I don't know if Ilunga's trying to feel for him just to try and know where he is, but Mullen just bursts away. Ilunga just tries to grab his shirt at full stretch in the hope that that will substitute for marking. It doesn't, and so there you go. The guy picking up the guy, the striker making the run into the heart of the six-yard box hasn't bothered, and Mullen has an easy opportunity. So, very much a self-inflicted wound, but it was a lovely ball in by Lee, inviting a player to attack it. And that really suddenly just changed everything. Wrexham made chance after chance in the closing minutes. There's five minutes left. I mean, I think it was three minutes injury time and Wrexham pushed on. Terrific pressure by Wrexham getting the ball in the box three minutes later. Ended with Ford doing really well, surrounded by defenders, about 15 yards out on the right side of the box and with an awkward bouncing ball, managing to tame the ball and square it to Lee, who hit a shot which was on target but was blocked. From that came a throw. Toza hurled it into the heart of the goal mouth. A defender managed to get up, but had no control in his header. It skidded off the top of his head and landed on the roof of the net. It wasn't that far off dropping under the net. From the corner, 
Young and Lee worked a neat little routine, Wheelston rather naively, only leaving one man out to mark them, and so they manoeuvred their way past them quite simply, and Young, cutting in about 15 yards out in the left channel, hit a shot which was on target, trying to drive it in at the near post, didn't quite get hold of this, it was going to be an easy take for Howes, but a defender panicked in front of him, as Cook stuck his foot out and poked it just wide of the post for another corner, an unnecessary corner, and quite frankly, he could have just nicked it like a batsman edging into the slips past Howes to give Wrexham an easy goal. From that corner, there was a scramble in the goal mouth, Tozer in the end getting it, loads of bodies between him and the goal, trying to look for a space, nudging it constantly to his right, trying to line it up, trying to see if he can drive the ball through, ended up hitting it, but he'd lost balance doing that, and he pulled it wide from about eight yards out. And as added time began... Wrexham kept pushing on. Young getting the ball in his own half was fouled rather cynically, but the ref played a good advantage and the ball was fed out to the right. Ford burst past Ilunga, stood up across the edge of the six-yard box. Cook got up, could only get a weak header on it and found Palmer on the corner of the six-yard box, but his shot was mishit and dribbled wide of the near post. And we weren't finished yet because there was one final moment, the last kick of the match. The ball played long. Cook shinning an awful attempt at volleying the ball clear straight to Lee, who, who took a lovely little cushion touch and then smashed a volley back in. It was just wide of the right post, and although it wasn't quite nailed, didn't quite come at the meat of his foot, the keeper Howes wasn't properly set for it because of the nature of how the chance had happened and the, the snapshots that Lee hit, which was unexpected. And if it had crept inside the post, he might well have been off balance and unable to stop it. The second half began worryingly before we'd even kicked off because we lost the entire left side of our defence and there was a lot of reshuffling to be done. Wrexham needs to be given a lot of credit for the strong second half we had considering the changes that we had to make. Tom O'Connor had gone down during the first half for treatment but had been able to continue until the break. Uh, McFadgen, who had pain-killing injections and therefore missed the game against Sheffield United also coming off, coming off a half-time. So Wrexham had to make changes. Clueth came in as a centre-back. He came in at the right centre-back. O'Connell switching over to the other side of Toza. And at wing-back, very decisively, Jacob Mendy came on on the left-hand side. And those changes worked very well. I've got to say, I thought O'Connor was possibly our best player in the first half. But nonetheless, Clueth slotted in well. And Mendy gave some real punch down the left-hand side. The first attack Wrexham had could have ended well for Mendy. Mullin doing well on the right-hand side, whipping in across. Lee was being marked by the only defender in the area. He got up superbly to win the header, but couldn't keep it on target. Mendy, whether he gave him a shout or not, was completely on his own in the box on the left-hand side. And if Lee had left it, well you would really have fancied this would have been a goal either because Mendy would be one-on-one -on -one or because he could draw the keeper and square it to Lee. Two-on-one in the box. Great situation. But uh, Lee went for the header and it wasn't a brilliant an athletic effort. And soon afterwards, it looked like that might have been costly because in the 51st minute, Wheelston equalised in, it's got to be said, controversial circumstances. A set-piece for Wrexham broke down. Ilunga did ever so well to break forwards from deep in his own half and swept an utterly magnificent ball to Alarakia. 
I mean, everything Wheelston did in this goal was terrific. It was a great switch. Alarakia's touch was perfect. He ran one-on-one -on -one with Howard, very calmly went round the keeper, and with defenders getting back onto the line, finished it really well. He looked a long way offside, I've got to say, to the naked eye. The highlights don't give us any definitive answer because there's no shot where Alarakia is in picture when Alunga hits the ball. But certainly by the time it picks him up, he's a long way beyond the centre-backs. I think that Wrexham were unlucky with this one. And it could have been costly because, as we said, Wilson did look a good side. But Wrexham in the second half were very impressive. And three minutes later, were ahead again. This was a, a fabulous goal. Mullin, Palmer, Lee all involved, keeping the pressure on. And eventually the ball is cleared when it's crossed into the goal mouth. Only as far as Mendy on the left channel, edge of the area, on his strong left foot, but he doesn't like that angle, so he cuts it onto his right and hits an absolute toe-buster inside the left post to put Wrexham back ahead. Fantastic goal against his old club, of course, and Mendy well, justifying his introduction, and he continued to do so. There was some weird stuff soon afterwards. Like I said, Wheelston played lovely stuff, but they were hard to like. And this became more apparent once they went behind. Although before then, there were a lot of tactical fouls. And Elliot Swallow, the ref, I thought had a terrific game. And I'm not just saying that because he is in charge of Transport for Wales and I want free train tickets. Um, he, he really did get his judgment spot on. The linesman, I think, got the offside wrong for the goal. But his decision-making was brilliant. Except I think maybe he should have clamped down a little bit sooner on Wheelston who, like I said, carried a lot of tactical fouls to stop Wrexham when we were breaking away, some of which he punished with cards, some of which he didn't. Um, I think he maybe could have been a bit firmer with them with their descent as well. Certainly the Wrexham fans felt they were going down easily asking for fouls. There were a couple that were dubious, but I'm not going to say that too much because Elliot Lee tried to do the same in the first half. But there was something a little cynical about them. And I got the feeling, like I said, with that first goal, that... They sort of got themselves worked up by the injustice of the refereeing decisions, even though there was nothing to get worked up about. Almost felt, I don't know if deliberate or not, if they just, or they just lost sight of themselves and lost perspective. But they were getting really angry and really worked up over things that didn't look controversial at all. And soon after that second goal, it threatened to spill over. A decision given to Wrexham to have a corner on the left-hand side, Cook and Lee sliding in together and getting tangled up. The ball definitely ricocheted off Cook, who made the tackle, onto Lee, but then dropped back onto Cook, and it was difficult to see whether it was a corner or not. Cook was crossing the line. The ball hit his heel. For my money, because there's a good replay of it, I think the ref's right. I think it's a corner, but it's certainly a tough one to call. Wheelston were furious. I mean, Cook particularly, he must have felt it hit him. You must have known it might be a corner. I mean, okay, you put some pressure on the ref. Okay, footballers do that. But it was more than that. They really were livid. The referee booked Cook in the end, and maybe the <laughs> Wilson captain was a bit lucky because at one point, as he was before, as he came to complain, he had the ball in his hands and he threw the ball, and it hit the ref. Now looking at it again, I, I must have, at the time I was thinking, did he actually lob it at him? He, he didn't. 
although he may have been trying to do a passive aggressive thing of trying to hit it with the ball, but you know, he doesn't uh, try to make it look accidental. He lobbed it up in the air it's back towards the ref. It's a stupid thing to do. I can imagine a lot of referees giving him a red for that. I'm not saying he deserved it, but it was daft. And he did get a yellow, a yellow for the centre anyway. Um, the set piece was cleared to the flank. Mullen raced after it on the right wing to usher it out. And as he did so, Corey Andrews came up behind him. Mullen used his body to make sure that he wasn't going to lose the ball. But not in any extreme way. He just blocked Andrews off. A little bit of shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder contact. But nothing dramatic. And Andrews turned and shoved him to the ground. I mean... Whether Mullen made more of it than not, I don't think he did particularly, because it was a shove with both hands, it was irrelevant. The fact is, when again, Andrews could easily have been sent off for it. He was booked. I think the got both decisions right, but you're asking for trouble. And it was all, all of it over nothing. And this would continue until they pays a price for it. But anyway, Wrexham were well on top by this point. Mendy was really brilliantly driving down the left-hand side. And Mullen was looking very, very sparky. Palmer was helping massively in the pressing and really effective with that. And Wrexham were looking good. Lee, with a really good tackle, found Ford in the box. He drove in a shot which was deflected and fell to Palmer in a similar position where he mishit his shot in the first half. He didn't mishit this one. He drilled it on target. A fantastic block by Kretschmar, who lunged across, sprinted across the six-yard box, hurled himself and got the block in. Definitely saved the goal. Then Lee, doing ever so well in midfield, a lovely first touch, and then a flick with the outside of his foot, sent Mullen away down the left-hand side. Lovely pullback by Mullen. James Jones of a chance which he smashed from in, just inside the box well blocked again there was a little spasm of resistance from Wealdstone who were under the pump this time in the 76th minute Alarakia doing well again to cut inside on the left side of the box and drill a sort of cross shot I think it was meant more as a cross Howard's managed to stick his left hand to it and just push it away to safety it didn't look on target but Wrexham did look on top although Wealdstone started to have a couple of spells of possession where Wrexham's midfield just dropped off to protect the back three and allowed Wealdstone the ball midfield and the crowd were getting a bit edgy but then the seven minutes left that edginess dissipated when Max Kretschmar picked up the daftest red card you're ever going to see. Now he'd already been booked for a late tackle on James Jones which at first looked bad but again when you looked at the replay he lunged in it was the it was the body shape of a guy who's gone in with the studs up and was going to get a straight red but he with, he pulled out the tackle he didn't however stop himself from sliding through so he pulled his studs back so he wasn't going to nail Jones but he went through him with his leg it was a definite yellow. It did hurt Jones. So, he's on a yellow. He has to leave the pitch because he's involved in an aerial challenge. I think a lot of the fans felt he was you know, trying to pretend he'd had a knock on the head to get a Wrexham player sent off. But it was never a foul. The referee wasn't interested. But he got treatment, so he has to leave the pitch. <laughs> Wrexham had an attacking set piece. The ball is cleared out towards Kretschmer. And... Remember what happened to Dyer when we can't come back on to challenge Lee? Kretschmar ran on the pitch when the ball was coming towards him. Mullen, I think it was, wasn't it? It was right in front of him and Kretschmar runs on to try and dispossess him. What? I mean, everyone knows you can't go on until the official tells you to. Now, the strange thing is when the whistle went, he immediately span round and had to go at the fourth official who was standing there with him and the physio and had his arm out to say, don't go on. I did wonder, the way I had to go at the fourth official, whether the fourth official had said go on. 
which had been a huge error. And if that had happened, I'd have a lot of sympathy for Kretschmann. <laughs> because if an official says that, you, you do it, don't you? But I also thought it was odd that when the referee got the yellow out and then the red, Kretschmann didn't complain to the fourth official again, even though he was standing there. And when you watch again the footage, you see exactly what's actually happened. The fourth official's got his arm across Kretschmar to indicate you, you can't come on, but Kretschmar just runs on anyway, certainly not told to go on by the fourth official, who you can see is like shouting and gesturing at him, get back on. The referee again, just like with Dyer, has very clearly got his hand up to say, you can't come on the pitch. There's no equivocation about this, and there's no way you can do that. It's a yellow card. Of course, it's just added to, to Wheelstone's anger. And there was more anger to come, of course, because in the 89th minute, Sam Dolby came on to replace Paul Mullen. And we all know now that Sam Dolby, <laughs> all right, there's only a minute left, plus added time. That's plenty of time for Dolby to make an impact. He really is making a, a name for himself off the bench. He came on and within a minute had scored a smashing goal. Long ball forwards, he did really well, pinned the centre-back, controlled the header down to James Jones, who was one-on-one. -on -one. Defender got across well to put him under pressure, but Jones hit a powerful shot on target. Very good save by Howes, diving to his right to parry it, but it dropped to Dolby. He didn't quite make the best contact, but he kept control of the ball and just lifted it into the net. And Wrexham were 3-1 up, and we had two substitutes scoring. Well done, Parkinson. Nice changes. After that, was a, there was a weird little passage where Stuart Maynard, the manager, had been booked already. A fourth official, a referee came across and booked Steve Parkin and a Wheelson coach. And Maynard then, while play was going on, didn't seem interested in it, spent a long time facing the Wrexham fans who were giving him bird, I'm sure, but he was giving it back and making the money gesture at them. And he sort of thought, hmm, it's a shame... <laughs> Wheelston did a lot that you would admire but there was something distasteful about their approach as well and he kind of summed it up with that I would argue that if you're going to make that sort of gesture I thought he was supposed to be a Bullingdon Club style toff burning money in front of a homeless man not the guy saying oh you've got money so how that insult works exactly I'd also suggest keep your eyes on the pitch because you're the manager rather than laughing away at the Wrexham fans when you're 3-1 down and you had a player sent off I think focus on your job but hey who am I to say that Wrexham could easily have got more in added time <laughs> Dolby and Lee combining brilliantly with some really sharp passing right through the heart of Wheedleson's defence Dolby smashing a fine shot from inside the D which was heading inside the top left corner absolutely brilliant save by Sam Howes who hurled himself up it looked in it looked past him somehow got enough on it to just tip it over the bar superb save and then from the corner Wrexham works it short, Lee picked her up on the left-hand side, cut on his right foot as he likes to do, and whipped in a screamer of a shot which beat Howes and just whistled over the bar. A shot that had, I meant to score at Coventry, written all over it, and a brilliant effort and a great way to round off an excellent performance from Wrexham after a difficult start. But then, as Neil Williams said in the commentary with me, we are good at wearing teams down, earning the right to play, and then punishing opposition. And it's lovely to have a team like that, isn't it? Looking at the performances, Howard didn't have a great deal to do. There was a lot to admire in Wilson's approach play, but they didn't really carve out many chances. The goal was offside, I'm pretty sure, and Alaraki hit that shot across the face. But apart from that, not much that they really created for all their nice play. Wrexham defended well. 
and that brings us on to the centre-backs. Tools have won a lot of good headers in the first half and we were under pressure. O'Connell showed the home fans what he's got. Really strong defender. Good on the ball and you can see it. his use of the ball was, was very accurate. His touch is sure. Very good signing, Owen O'Connell. And then on the other side, like I said, in the first half, I thought O'Connell was probably our best player. He really did well physically, you know, winning his individual battles with the strikers, strong in the tackles, coming around the sides to nick the ball back. Excellent performance by O'Connor. Shame he was hurt. Let's hope it was precautionary and he's uh, swiftly back in the team. On the right side, Ford again showed quality. Had the beating of Ilunga. Uh, showed more going forwards in the first half than the second, but, but was very impressive. McFadden had a decent first half, I thought, as well. They were exploiting space and behind him, but that wasn't really his fault. And was feisty and, and did well. Let's hope that, again, that injury is nothing too serious. But replacing him, of course, was Mendy, who was tremendous in the second half. Scored a fine goal. His pace and aggression were great. I can't help thinking as well that, in a weird way, it could have been useful for Wrexham to have him there to cover for Andrews's pace but we didn't really need to we didn't really have that same presence in the second half and Mendy was able to focus a great deal on going forwards and he did it with aplomb and the other halftime sub of course Max Kluwerf oh bless him made a mistake just after he came on and after the mistake he made at Sheffield United you just thought oh poor guy but he got back and recovered well and then after that was exemplary and it should be pointed out as I've said already and I will again he was superb at Sheffield United and then made that one error that happens in football Clueth uh, did well and I enjoyed the crowd as well because the crowd clearly were fully aware of what had happened with him. They like him and they want him to succeed and when he was doing well defensively, which was often, there was an extra bit of uh, meaning in the applause. The Wrexham fans I think, were really trying to send that message uh, that they, they really appreciate his efforts and he should just put Sheffield United behind him. Good performance against the championship side with one mistake at the end is not something to be concerned about. It was good to see. Mayfield were excellent. Luke Young, again, terrific. Playing in the more central of the three this time. But again, breaking play up, helping with the press, sharp passing, a couple of uh, threats on goal as well. Young, really quick. And his vision is great, isn't it? You know, he pops off early balls to players. He loves that movement in front of him. He can see players making useful, meaningful breaks, and he can hit them. He was terrific. James Jones' industry was fantastic. He's really bursting forwards and causing issues. And late on, his stamina, you know, twice he's running into the box and getting shots off. As Wheelson players are tiring, he seems to be just as fresh as ever. And then for me, Elliot Lee was man of the match, just did some magical things with that assist then, had the, the effort from distance, was teeing up Dolby nicely. Uh, Lee was, was terrific. I really, really enjoyed his, his work. How he has adapted to that midfield role is, role is fantastic. He made some great tackles again. He, he used to worry me when he made those lunges, but he does seem to ta time and well and get the ball. It's, it's remarkable. Up front, Mullen deserved a lot of credit again. Buzzing around, constant threat, helping massively in the press, chasing balls that were 60-40s in the centre-back's favour and usually winning them due to his pace and his spring, letting him sort of just jump in as the defender's about to play and just touch it with his head to knock it beyond them and ends up at the pace to retrieve the ball. Oh, he's a beautiful player, isn't he? He shouldn't be playing for us, but darn, I'm glad he is. And then Ollie Palmer. Now, I thought Ollie Palmer was really interesting because I would say that in terms of his usual strengths, his holding the ball up, set-up play, that sort of thing, he was okay, but it was nothing really special. You know, you, you get used to the special with, with Palmer. But his 
his role in the press was outstanding. I thought he, he covered a hell of a lot of ground. He covered it intelligently, and he was often key in breaking Wheelston down when they had the ball, nicking the ball off them or forcing them into areas where they weren't comfortable with the ball and had to give it away. I thought he, he led the line outstandingly in that sense. So huge credit to him. Dorby as well came on and was terrific. You know, give, give him five and a half minutes, he's got a goal, he could easily add a second. Great stuff. So very, very good. Notts County, of course, then went to Chesterfield and won. But we're not for the second insane red card of the day, won this time by Chesterfield. That game looked like it was going to pan out very differently. There's a sense, I hope I'm right in saying this, that Chesterfield are stretching and straining, but just about getting there, whereas Wrexham are, are still looking strong. Teams like Wilson have done well, they challenge us, but ultimately we've come out pretty emphatically as winners. So, long may that continue. With the final score of Wheelston 3. No, Wrexham 3. Ah, uh, to redo the whole thing, eh? Wheelston 1. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.